0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. And as always, I'm your host, David. And this week, we are going to be continuing our series on deity. And specifically, we will be talking about Hera, the Greek goddess of women, marriage, family, and childbirth. So Hera is one of the 12 Olympians, and is a sister and wife of Zeus. Um, Sibling marriage was pretty common in a lot of pantheons. She is the daughter of the titans Cronus and Rhea, and she rules over Mount Olympus as the queen of the gods. She's considered to be a matronly figure, and she served as the patron and protector of married women and presided over weddings and marriages. One of her defining characteristics is kind of like her being painted as being this kind of jealous and vengeful person against Zeus because he was cheating on her constantly, and a lot of the stories involving Hera are her kind of being the antagonist against either one of Ju- Zeus's illegitimate children or maybe one of his lovers. But we'll talk more about that later. Hera is also commonly seen as being um, associated with several animals, including the cow, the lion, and the peacock. And she is seen as being majestic and solemn and she often is crowned with a polos, which is a high cylindrical crown worn by several goddesses. She's often depicted holding a pomegranate in her hand, which is a symbol of fertility and also an opiate. And the scholar of Greek mythology, Walter Burkert, said that nevertheless, there are memories of an earlier anti-canonic representation as a pillar in Argus and as a plank in Samus. And her Roman counterpart is Juno. So let's get into it. So um, the name of Hera has several possible and mutually exclusive etymologies. So... One possibility is to connect it with the Greek word hora, season, and to interpret it as meaning that something is ripe or it's time to be picked, like a fruit. And that was thought to maybe be kind of alluding to the fact that someone is maybe prepared or ready for marriage. So you're ripe for marriage, I guess. And uh, Zeus is said to have married her for love, although he cheated on her constantly, so who knows? But allegedly, Zeus married her for love. Um, according to Plutarch, Hera was an allegorical name and an anagram of A-R, which meant air. And again, her being the queen of Olympus and of the gods that is associated with like the heavens and the sky. It's maybe it's the relationship between those concepts. And um, in Walter Burkert's work called Greek Religion, he said that Hera's name means mistress. Hera being the feminine equivalent of heros, meaning master. Basically just referring to her title as queen of the heavens. So there are a lot of different theories about the origin of her name. Scholars can't really agree, and it seems like several different theories are pretty equally likely to be correct. So let's talk about her worship, her cult. So Hera may have been the first deity to whom the Greeks dedicated an enclosed roofed temple sanctuary, which was at Samos in about 800 BCE. It was replaced later by the Herion of Samos, which is one of the largest of all Greek temples. And the altars were in front of temples under the open sky and there were many temples built in the site. So because there were so many different kinds of temples built in the same place, the evidence is a little bit confusing to kind of determine what belonged to what deity. And it was also kind of hard to determine what the dates were archaeologically of what was built when because it all happened kind of in the same place. So the temple created by the Rokia sculptors and architects was destroyed somewhere between 570 and 560 BCE. That was replaced by the Kallikratian temple between 540 and 530 BCE. So, in one of these temples, we see a forest of 155 columns, which is a lot. And there's also no evidence of tile in the temple, suggesting the temple was never finished being built or that it was just completely open in form. So some earlier sanctuaries that were dedicated to Hera were of the Mycenaean type called house sanctuaries. Samuels' excavations have revealed some offerings, many of them late, uh, dating to the late 8th and 7th centuries BCE, which show that Hera was not just a local Greek goddess, but she actually had offerings from Armenia, Babylon, Iran, Assyria, and Egypt, and that her worship was pretty widespread. And one leading theory is that people actually would make a pilgrimage to the temple to pay honor to Hera. So compared to this mighty goddess who also possessed the earliest temples at Olympia, um, she's kind of become an iconic figure and she had a range of worshippers that extended far beyond Greece. So the greatest and earliest freestanding temple to Hera was the Herodon of Samos in the Greek mainland and Hera was especially worshipped as Hera Argia at her sanctuary that stood between the former Mycenaean city state of Argos and Mycenae, where festivals in her honor, called Heraria, were celebrated. The three cities I love best, the ox-eyed queen of the heaven declares in the Iliad by Homer. There were also temples to Hera and Olympia, Corinth, Ternes, Maricora, and the sacred island of Delos. So, according to Walter Burke, excuse me, Walter Burkett, both Hera and Demeter have many characteristics that people may think they are pre-Greek great goddesses, that they are older than the Greek pantheon itself. In a similar vein, the British scholar Charles Francis Curie suggests that Hera had some sort of earth goddess worship in ancient times, connecting her possibly to having a Pelasgian origin. According to the Homeric hymn to Delian Apollo, Hera detained Elathea to prevent Leto from going into labor with Artemis and Apollo since the father was Zeus. So here's what I mentioned earlier where a lot of the stories about Hera are painting her as being in a conflict with either Zeus's illegitimate children or Zeus's um, mistresses. So the other goddesses present, uh, excuse me, the other goddesses present at the birthing on Delos sent Iris to bring her. As she stepped upon the island the divine birth began in the myth of the birth of Heracles, it is Hera herself who sits at the door, delaying the birth of Heracles until her protege, Eurystheus, has been born first. In the Homeric canon to Pythian Apollo, it makes the monster Typhon the offspring of Hera and her Minoan form, produced out of herself, like a monstrous version of Hephaestus, and whelped in a cave in Cilicia, and she gave the creature Python to rise. In the temple of Hera at Olympia, Hera's seated cult figure was older than the warrior figure of Zeus that accompanied it. Homer expressed her relationship with Zeus delicately in the Iliad, in which she declares to Zeus, I am Cronus's eldest daughter and am honorable not on this ground only, but also because I am your wife and you were king of the gods. So basically, this version of Hera that we're seeing in this story is that she has conflict, but rightfully so, because who wouldn't be upset if you were cheated on, if you were betrayed, if you were lied to, but we see her also demanding that she be respected, not only because of her parentage, but also as having status in her own right as being the queen. So there's been some considerable scholarship reaching back to Johann Jacob Bachofen in the mid-19th century about the possibility that Hera, whose early importance in Greek religion is firmly established, that she was originally the goddess of matriarchal people that likely inhabited Greece before the Hellens. So in this view, her activity as a goddess of marriage established the patriarchal bond of her own subordination. Her resistance to the conquest of Zeus is rendered as Hera's jealousy, the main theme of literary anecdotes that undercut her ancient cult. So basically what this is saying is that there is a pretty substantial theory that Hera was worshipped by a culture older than the Greeks themselves that was very matriarchal and that she was a great um, a great goddess of that culture. and. Johann's theory is that the story of her being married to Zeus and becoming a goddess of marriage is kind of the patriarchy minimizing her role in its entirety of what it was before. So this is still kind of a controversial claim um, in itself because the idea that there's an ancient matriarchy or that there was a focus on a monotheistic great goddess existing is kind of tricky to prove, but it's also tricky to disprove. That's kind of contested a lot, but it is a theory. So let's talk about Hera's origin and birth. So Hera is the daughter of the youngest Titan, Cronus, and his wife and sister, Rhea. Again, sibling marriage was not that weird, apparently, for Titans and gods. So Cronus was fated to be overthrown by one of his own children. To prevent this, he swallowed all of his children whole until Rhea tricked him into swallowing a stone instead of her youngest child, Zeus. Zeus grew up in secret, and when he grew up, he tricked his father into regurgitating his siblings, including Hera. Zeus then led the revolt against the Titans and banished them and divided the dominion over the world between himself and his brothers, Poseidon and Hades. During her youth, Hera was the most likely known as the matron goddess, called Hera Talia, but she presided over weddings as well. In myth and cult, fragmentary references and archaic practices remain of the sacred marriage of Hera and Zeus. At Plataea, there's a sculpture of Hera seated as a bride by as well as the matronly standing Hera. Hera was also worshipped as a virgin. There was a tradition in Stemphelia and Arcadia that there had been a triple shrine to Hera the girl, called Pais, Hera the adult woman, Tilia. And the separated or widowed Hera, called Cheri, in the region around Argos, the temple of Hera and Hermione near Argos was the Hera the Virgin. At the spring of Canathos, close to Napelia, Hera renewed her virginity. Excuse me, <laughs> Hera renewed her virginity annually, and rites that were not to be spoken of. So basically, the legend was that Hera obviously was not a virgin because she was married to Zeus, but annually she would partake in this ritual that was secret that would restore her virginity. So the female figure showing her over the lake is also appropriate. Um, and this is where we get her associations with the moon. This is why some people say she's associated with Hecate, And this is where we get the view of the new moon, the full moon and the dark moon. And that is personified as being the Virgin of Spring, which is one of Hera's titles. And she was also called the mother of summer and the crone of autumn. So this is also likely a theory of the Triple Moon Goddess Associations. This is where we get the Maiden, maiden, Mother, and Crone Associations. Obviously, like the formalized idea of Mother, Maiden, and Crone came much later, but this is just showing that there is an association. So um, some of her emblems and symbols and things vary a lot. So Hellenistic imagery, Hera's chariot was pulled by peacocks, which were birds that were previously unknown to the Greeks, but they were um, introduced to Greece by... Alexander the Great, and Alexander's tutor, Aristotle, called it the Persian bird. And the peacock motif was revived in Renaissance iconography that unified Hera with her Roman counterpart, Juno. And when she was painted by European painters, they often focused on the peacock. So a bird that had been associated with Hera on an archaic level where most of the Aegean goddesses were also associated with a certain bird was the cuckoo, which appears in mythic fragments concerning the first wooing of Hera by Zeus. So what that means essentially is that the cuckoo bird was associated with Hera before she was married, and it became a symbol of Hera as a virgin before she was married to Zeus. Hera's archaic association was primarily with cattle and as a cow goddess, who was especially venerated in cattle-rich Euboea. In Cyprus, very early archaeological sites contain bull skulls that have been adapted for use as masks. Her familiar Homeric epithet, Bopis is translated as cow-eyed. And in this respect, Hera bears some resemblance to the ancient Egyptian deity, Hathor, which is also a goddess associated with cattle. So there are many, many epithets associated with Hera. And obviously, I'm not going to take the time to go through all of them, but I will list off some of the more common ones. So she was called Hera Alexandros, meaning the protector of men. She was called Hera Agophagos, meaning the eater of goats, Acrea, meaning she of great heights, or tall one. She was called Hera Argia, meaning she of Argos, Basilia, meaning queen, Donania, meaning she of the mound, which refers to her being a uh, regional deity of Corinth, Hera Bopis, meaning cow eyed or cow face, which is her association with cattle that I mentioned earlier. She was called Hera lochelenos, meaning arms of white. Hera pais, meaning Hera the girl or the child, which was referring to her role as uh, the virgin. Hera parthenos, which is another word for virgin. Hera telia, meaning the goddess of marriage, referring to her motherly maternal aspect. And Hera Cheri, meaning widowed. And again, that's referring to the maiden mother and crone triplicity that has been associated with Hera. So now let's talk about probably the most infamous aspect of Hera, which is her marriage to Zeus. It's her jealousy issues. It's the conflicts that she was often in. So Hera is known for her jealousy. And even Zeus, which is often portrayed as being fearless and not afraid of anything, Zeus was even afraid of Hera and her anger. Zeus fell in love with Hera, but she refused his marriage proposal. Zeus then preyed on her, her empathy for animals and other creatures and created a thunderstorm and transformed himself into the cuckoo bird. As a cuckoo, Zeus pretended to be in distress outside of her window. So he's like, you said no to my marriage proposal, so I'm going to turn myself into a bird and pretend like I'm this bird in trouble. And the Hera felt pity towards the bird and she brought it inside and held it close to her chest to keep the bird warm. But then Zeus transformed himself back into his real form and he raped her, unfortunately. And Hera, who was ashamed of being exploited, agreed to marriage with Zeus. Um, And then all of nature was said to burst into life after their wedding, and many gifts were exchanged. So again, unfortunately, this type of coercion and sexual violence is not that uncommon in myth. And that's just kind of how the stories are, unfortunately. But allegedly, despite the trickery and rape and many affairs, allegedly, Zeus loved Hera but he also loved Greece, and he would often sneak down to earth in disguise to have children with the mortals. He wanted many children to inherit his greatness and become great heroes and rulers of Greece, and Hera's jealousy towards Zeus and his lovers and their children caused her to continuously torment them, and Zeus was basically powerless to stop her. Hera was always aware of his trickery. She kept a very close watch on him and on his excursions to the earth. Hera presided over the right arrangements of the marriage, and she is associated with the union of the marriage bed. So despite all this craziness that she went through with the trickery and the sexual assaults and the many, many affairs that she endured by Zeus, she was still considered to be the protector and goddess of marriage. So let's talk about some of her children. There are a lot. so one is Angelos, whose father was Zeus, and she is an underworld goddess. Angelos' story only survives in the Scolia on Theocritus's Idol Number no. 2. She was raised by nymphs, and one day she stole Hera's anointments and gave them away to Europa. To escape her mother's wrath, she tried to hide herself. Hera eventually ceased from prosecuting her, and Zeus ordered the cowboy Roy to cleanse Angelos. They performed the purification rite in the waters of the Echerseria Lake in the underworld. And consequently, she received the world of the dead as her realm of influence and was signed as an epithet, Catatonia, which means she of the underworld. Another child is Ares. His father was also Zeus. He's the god of war, and he is also an Olympian. According to Hesiod's Theogony, he's basically just the god of war. <laughs> Next is Aletheia, and she's the goddess of childbirth. And Hesiod's Theogony and some, um, uh, some other sources as well. Aletheia is described as daughter of Hera by Zeus, and although the meticulously accurate mythographer Pindar in the 7th Nemean Ode mentions Hera as the mother, he doesn't really refer to Zeus as being the father, but Zeus's parentage is kind of just assumed in this situation. Next, we have Ennio, who is a war goddess. She was responsible with the destruction of cities and was an attendant of Ares. Next is Eris, who is the goddess of Discord. She appears in Homer's Iliad, book 4, and she is equated with Enyo as a sister of Ares and also is likely the daughter of Zeus and Hera, although Hesiod also sometimes refers to her as being the daughter of Nyx, and his theogony. Hebe, the goddess of youth, is the daughter of Zeus and Hera, and in a rare alternative version, Hera alone produced Hebe after being impregnated by eating lettuce, and uh, I can't say that I know a whole lot about that story, but apparently that's one version of how that went down. Next, of course, is Hephaestus. This is one of the better known stories, probably. Um, a lot of drama in here. Hephaestus is also an Olympian. He's the god of fire and the forge. And attested by the Greek poet Hesiod, Hera was jealous of Zeus giving birth to Athena with Medus. So she gave birth to Hephaestus by herself. Um, and in some stories, he is listed as being Zeus's son. but That's not always the case. Um, and basically, Hera birthed Hephaestus, and she thought he was super ugly, so she threw him off of Mount Olympus, and in one version of the myth, Hephaestus gained revenge against Hera by re- um, making a magical throne, and then when Hera sat on it, she wasn't able to get up. The other gods begged Hephaestus to return to Olympus to release her, but he refused. Then Dionysus got him drunk and took him back to Olympus on the back of a mule, and then Hephaestus released. Hera after being given Aphrodite to be his wife. And then lastly, we'll talk about Typhon, who was a serpent monster. Typhon is presented both as the son of Hera and as the son of Gaia, it just depends on which uh, version of the story. Typhon is the son of Hera, according to the Homeric Pythian hymn to Apollo, and is listed as the son of Gaia and Hesiod's the Agni. According to the sum of the Homeric hymn to Apollo, Typhon was a parthenogenous child of Hera, whom she bore alone, as a revenge at Zeus who had given birth to Athena. Hera prayed to Gaia to give her a son as strong as Zeus, then slapped the ground and became pregnant. Hera gave the infant Typhon to the serpent Python to raise, and Typhon grew up to become a great bane to mortals. The Iliad says, however, that Typhon was born in Cilicia as the offspring of Cronus. Gaia, angry at the destruction of the giants, slanders Zeus to Hera. So Hera goes to Cronus and gives her two eggs smeared with his own semen, and he tells her to bury them. And he says that basically what is born from these eggs will be strong enough to overthrow Zeus. And Hera is angry at Zeus, as she often was, and she buried the eggs in Syria, and then Typhon was born from the eggs. And then Hera eventually reconciled with Zeus. They made up, and she told him, like, hey, sorry, there's a giant snake to kill you here now. Oops. All right. So... Um, there's a lot of stories involving Hera. I'm going to summarize a few of the more uh, important ones. So one, of course, Heracles. So Hera is the stepmother and enemy of Heracles. Um, the name Heracles even means glory of Hera. And there are some alternate stories about the birth of Heracles and Hera's role in preventing it. In Homer's Iliad, when Almene was about to give birth to Heracles, Zeus announced to all the gods that on that day, a child um, by Zeus himself would be born and he would rule all those around him. Hera, after requesting Zeus to swear an oath to that effect, descended from Olympus to Argos and made a wife of Sthenillus, who was the son of Perseus, and he gave birth to Eurystheus after only seven months, while at the same time preventing Alcmene from delivering Heracles. This resulted in the fulfillment of Zeus's oath in that it was Eurystheus rather than Heracles. An alternate version mentioned in Ovid's Metamorphosis, when Alcmene was pregnant with Zeus's child, Hera tried to prevent the birth from occurring by having Aletheia um, tie Alcimene's legs and knots, which was to prevent her from delivering the baby. Her attempt was foiled when Galanthus frightened Aletheia while she was tying her legs and Heracles was born anyway. Hera then punishes Galanthus by turning her into a weasel. And Pausanias' is recounting, Hera sent witches, as they were called, like Thebans, to hinder Alcimene's delivery of Heracles. The witches were successful in preventing their birth until Hysteris, daughter of Tiresias, thought of a trick to deceive the witches. And like Galanthus, Hysteris announced that Alcimene had delivered her child. Having been deceived, the witches left and she gave birth. Hera's wrath against Zeus's son continues, and while Heracles is still an infant, Hera sends two serpents to kill him as he lay in his bed. Heracles startles the snakes with his bare hands and was found by his nurse playing with the dead snakes like they were toys, and that's pretty badass, to be honest. One account, also, of the origin of the Milky Way is that Zeus had tricked Hera into nursing Heracles, but then she realized who he was and pulled him away from her breast, and a spurt of milk formed the smear across the sky that can be seen to this day. And unlike any Greeks, the Etruscans instead pictured a full-grown bearded Heracles at Hera's breast, which is a little weird to have your adult son sucking your tit. Um, This might refer to his adoption when he became an immortal. So hopefully there's a symbolic um, grown man breast sucking situation, but we'll see. Anyway, as we all know, um, Heracles reached adulthood and Hera drove him insane, which led him to murder his own family, his wife and children, and led to him taking on his famous labors of Heracles. Another prominent story featuring Hera is um, involving Leto and the twins Apollo and Artemis. Basically, when Hera discovered that Leto was pregnant and that Zeus was the father, she convinced the nature spirits to prevent Leto from giving birth anywhere on the mainland, any island, any sea, or any place under the sun. So basically, she wasn't able to give birth anywhere. But Poseidon gave pity to Leto and guided her to the floating island of Delos, which is not the mainland or the sea, or a real island, and Leto was able to give birth there. Afterwards, Zeus secured Delos to the bottom of the ocean, and the island became sacred to Apollo. Alternatively, Hera kidnapped Alethea, the goddess of childbirth, to prevent Leto from going into labor. The other god ends up bribing Hera with a beautiful necklace that no one could resist, and eventually she was like, hey, that jewelry is super cool, and I'm not mad anymore. You can go ahead and give birth, I guess. Either way, Um, Artemis was born first and then assisted her own mother in delivering Apollo. Some versions say Artemis helped her mother give birth to Apollo for nine days. Another variation states that Artemis was born one day before Apollo on the island of Ortegia and that she helped Leto cross the sea to Delos the next day and then gave birth to Apollo. So, you know, crazy stuff, delivering your own brother and all that jazz. So The last story of Hera I'm going to talk about today is in the Iliad. Hera plays a substantial role in the Iliad, appearing in a number of books throughout the epic poem. In accordance with ancient Greek mythology, Hera's hatred towards the Trojans, which was started by Paris's decision that Aphrodite was the most beautiful goddess, is seen as through her support of the Greeks during the war. Throughout the epic, Hera makes many attempts toward the Trojan army, In Books 1 and 2, Hera declares that the Trojans must be destroyed, and she persuades Athena to aid the Achaeans in the battle, and she agrees to assist without interfering on their behalf. In Book 5, Hera and Athena plot to harm Ares, who had been seen by Diomedes in assisting the Trojans. Diomedes called for his soldiers to fall back slowly. Hera, Ares' mother, saw Ares' interference and asked Zeus, also Ares' father, for permission to drive Ares away from the battlefields. Hera encourages, uh, excuse me, Hera encouraged Diomedes to attack Ares and threw his spear at the god. Athena drove the spear into Ares's body and he bellowed in pain and fled to Olympus, forcing the Trojans to fall back. In Book Eight, Hera tries to persuade Poseidon to disobey Zeus and help the Achaean army, but he refuses and he's like, uh, No, thank you, I'm not going against Zeus. But determined to intervene in the war, Hera and Athena head to the battlefield. However, seeing the two flee, Zeus sends Iris to intercept them and make them return to Olympus or face intense consequences. And after prolonged fighting, Hera sees Poseidon aiding the Greeks and giving them the motivation to keep fighting. Then, finally, in Book 14, Hera devises a plan to deceive Zeus. Zeus sets a decree that gods are not allowed to interfere in the mortal war. Hera is on the side of the Achaean, so she plans a deception of Zeus, where she seduces him with help from Aphrodite and tricks him into a deep sleep with the help of Hypnos, so that the gods could interfere in the war without fear of Zeus. In Book 21, Hera continues her interference with in the battle as she tells Hephaestus to prevent the river from harming Achilles. Hephaestus sets the battlefield ablaze, causing the river to plead with Hera, promising her he will not help the Trojans if Hephaestus stops the attack. Festus stops his assault, and Hera returns to the battlefield, but the gods begin to fight amongst themselves. And that's all the time we have for this week, but I hope you enjoyed learning about Hera. Perhaps maybe that she's a little bit misunderstood, but also is a very complicated uh, figure in mythology. That's all I have for you today, and I will see you all next week.